Hey, I'm Jack. And I'm Maddie. And this is Getting There with Jack and Maddie. This is a podcast about the journey we're on. Maddie and I are in our mid-20s and working at Grace International School in Chiang Mai, Thailand. We're just a few steps ahead of the high schoolers we work with, and we want to share about our life experiences up to this point. We're not pretending to have all the answers, and we're definitely still figuring things out as we discover what it looks like to follow Jesus with our whole lives. You could say we're getting there. Well, hello, everyone. Well, hello. Welcome back to another episode, episode 15. That's maybe 15 more than we were supposed to do. That's really (laughs) crazy to me whenever I type that into the episode title thing. Mm. But Maddie, as we start this episode, Mm -hmm. what's something funny that's happened to you recently? I think I'm going to go in the most literal way of recent and Uh maybe reference back to about 30 minutes ago (laughs) when a student was so surprised to hear that Jack, your name is short for John, which is is your full name. And what did you, what did you find when you Googled? Well, that's whenever people find that (laughs) tidbit out about me, people are always so surprised. They're like, how is Jack a nickname for John? It's, it's the same amount of letters. And I'm like, yeah, I always hear that. So I had looked it up like years ago, but forgot what the reason was. So I like quickly <laughs> typed it into my computer and I didn't proofread what I was reading out loud, but it you said... started reading in I front just, of a room full of students. <laughs> it's like the first occurrence of Jack was like in 1200 AD and it was the term used for peasants. <laughs> which brought me so much joy and just I feel like there's certain certain things that you do or say that just really get me and it's a laugh that I don't have control of and that was one of those so that is the most recent funny thing so my name means peasant which is maybe pretty accurate I feel like a peasant sometimes Mm. yeah I, I agree pretty accurate okay well I'm just gonna keep on moving from from the jacks of peasant And we are in our Spiritual Habits series and uh, just really wanting to make the space to think through how we as followers of Jesus can learn how to love God and love people better. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe not even better, but just like more fully. Um, And so today, our spiritual habit that we're talking about is silence and solitude. I really wanted to figure out how to say those uh, quieter, but I always get in trouble for talking too quiet. So (laughs) silence and solitude. We love them. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to take some time at the beginning of this episode to just define what those terms are. You, You know, we know what silence and solitude are, but how they pertain to the Christian spiritual life uh, may be a bit murkier. Um, Mm. Because honestly, it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I felt like I was more fully exposed to what these terms are and how important they are for the Christian life. And so what we mean by silence is intentional time where you separate yourself from noise whether that's music or other people's voices or talking, you just literally are in a silent space. And the purpose of that is when we're silent and like noise goes to zero is we can better be in tune with what's going on in our own hearts and we can be better present to God. Mm. So that's how we're defining silence here. 
And then solitude is a pretty similar, oftentimes called a sibling practice to silence because both often can happen together. But solitude is when you intentionally remove yourself from other people and are alone. But the purpose of that being that you would be opened to the presence of God with you in that space. That it's not just a time for you to be by yourself and isolated. And we'll talk a little bit about that later on. Um, But the purpose really being to be by yourself, to be more present to and aware of God's presence Mm -hmm. with you. So that's kind of how we're defining those two terms. And we'll kind of get into this episode, why they're so important. But before we do that, Maddie, where do we maybe see these concepts come up in scripture? Because obviously Mm -hmm. we want to not just throw out, you know, trendy things or cool or good sounding (laughs) things, but how do we actually see this modeled and displayed throughout scripture? Yeah, really fast before I go into that, I just, I think your your distinction of isolation and solitude is really important and Mm -hmm. even just something that got in the way of me understanding this concept for Mm -hmm. a long time. So I would just like really, as you listen to the rest of this, hopefully you'll hear the distinction of isolation and solitude. Um, And just scripturally where we find this, I think really we see it so many times in the life of Jesus. And I know that we both have a few verses about that, but another place that even just this weekend that I sat in in scripture that talks about this is in first Kings 19. And it's Mm -hmm. the story of Elijah. Um, and Jezebel has just told him like, I'm going to get you. (laughs) And, um, Elijah flees and he's in the desert and he falls asleep under a tree and this angel comes and appears to him and is like, here, you need to eat. And he's like, yeah, okay. And then he eats and then he falls back asleep. And then the angel wakes him up and is like, here, eat some more. And then he, travels for 40 days to be with God at the top of the mountain. And I think that that version of solitude of he's completely alone, but because he's separate from the things that threaten to distract him from the attacks of the world and Uh from all these different things from family, all the demands that that might have, I think he really got to experience the kindness of God. God was physically taking care of him, restoring his mind and his body with sleep and with food. Um, And I think to me that was a really kind of like crack the egg, like or maybe not crack the egg, glass shattering moment (laughs) (laughs) of just like, oh, God cares about when I'm tired Uh and when I'm hungry. And even when I feel like those aren't going to be the things that restore me fully, like they are and they're important. And so anyway, that's one story of solitude that I've really benefited from recently. But then also we see um, in John 5, when Jesus sees the crowd that's followed him, they've heard of his teaching and he then went by himself on the mountain and sat down. Whenever I read that this weekend, I was just completely floored by the fact that it said he saw the crowds Mm -hmm. and then he went by himself and he sat down. Like he was like so content to be like, I need to be alone before I go there and do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think from the gospels, one of my favorite verses that shows kind of both of these concepts is in Luke 5, 16. And it says, but Jesus often withdrew to the lonely places to pray. Mm -hmm. And what we see there is that Jesus is intentionally removing himself from other people. This word that can be, um, you know, defined as the lonely places or translated as the lonely places is aremos, which means Mm -hmm. like the desolate places or the deserted places or even like the desert. Mm -hmm. 
And that's a place of silence also. Like there's not Mm -hmm. a lot going on out there, other external noise. And so Jesus, in order to be present to God through prayer, removes himself and is in a place of solitude and silence. And that's significant to Mm -hmm. us. And I think for me, I also see this played out in so many different stories in Scripture. And you pointed out the one about Elijah. But you see constantly God calling people out into the desert or out into Mm -hmm. the wilderness to encounter him. Right. Like I've heard it said that silence and solitude are the places of encounter. Mm. That we see God calls the people of Israel out of Egypt into the wilderness, and that is the place where they meet him on the mountain and they receive the law from him. Mm. Like, I think that's significant. Yeah. And I think what's, what that shows is not that civilization is bad, but civilization is noisy. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of all of that noise, it's easy for us to not be present to God, to himself, but also to what he's doing in our own lives. Yeah. And so we really do see a picture of that all throughout scripture of how silence and solitude are really important baseline practices for even all these other practices like Mm -hmm. reading scripture or prayer like there's kind of a silence and solitude kind of underlying all of those practices yeah yeah i think that whenever i hear it described like this as we're talking about these stories that we see in scripture it really is so exciting or Mm -hmm. like amazing in my mind but i also think that there is a lot of fear that comes up for me totally um, even just wanted to kind of share some of those because I feel like maybe I'm not the only one that has these specific sp- fears. Um, but I think when I first learned about this spiritual habit of solitude and silence, I, I enjoy alone time, mm-hmm. but this is, again, it's different right. than isolation or alone time. And so the things that were coming up in my mind before, um, and still I spent time in solitude this weekend and these all came up again. Right. Uh, but just fear of really understanding what's going on inside me mm-hmm. and what what is that going to be? I don't want to deal with all of that. <laughs> uh, fear of being bored. Yeah. Like if I am by myself with the Lord for an extended amount of time, like what if it's boring? Yeah. <laughs> uh, fear of missing out, like leaving a space where other things might be happening and recognizing I might be missing memories that are being mm-hmm. made and my personality is, I'm bummed about that. The fear of like, what if I go, but God doesn't come near to me? Yeah. Um, what if there isn't this significant spiritual experience and I'm just like out there by myself? Right. Um, and then the, what if I don't like it being just with me? Like, what if I don't right. like me? Right. Um, and I think all of those fears are enough to really dissuade me sometimes <laughs> from being yeah, just willing to go out into the desert, into this solitude space with the Lord. Right. Um, but I I do think that me acknowledging those fears and then pushing in anyway, I have seen God show up for me. Absolutely. And I think this is one of those practices that, depending on your personality type, can be more <laughs> yeah. or less difficult. Like, for me, I'm pretty far on the extrovert side of the spectrum, and so... Um, I, everybody needs time alone to recharge in some capacity, but this space is often really difficult for me. Mm. And even, I don't know if any of you out there can attest to this, but sometimes when I make this space for silence and solitude, then my brain is just going crazy. Mm, And I think that's why it's important as you kind of build up this muscle that there's maybe longer and longer stretches of silence and solitude that you take 
because one of the things I've noticed is it takes me some time for that internal noise even mm, to, yeah. to settle. And one of the best kind of allegories or word pictures that I've heard of this concept is if you think of a jar of dirty pond water, you know, that you yeah. just go scoop up from like <laughs> a, a gross creek or a gross pond um, and you shake it up, like the water's all murky and gross. But if you set it and let it be still for a while, like the silt and sediment kind of settles to the bottom and then you can typically actually see clearly through the water. Mm. And I think that's a great maybe picture of what happens in our souls whenever mm. we have this time is we live life at a frenetic pace where we're yeah. constantly shaken up and we don't really know what's happening in our in our inner lives and yeah. how we're actually doing. And so when we get in this space, we settle. It takes time for that sediment to yeah. drift to the bottom, but then we can actually see what's going on. And in what we're inviting students into is then invite Jesus into that space. Mm-hmm. It's not just to let it settle so that you can, you know, like rest better for the sake of resting, even though that's good. It's ultimately to open ourselves up to God's love and his healing presence. And also for us to better understand ourselves as we relate to him. Mm-hmm. And so I think those are like really fundamental reasons for why this is important. And for me being someone where this is so difficult like a reason for why it's important to fight for it because I have to fight for this. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And Maddie, we also were talking at the beginning of this episode before we recorded about one of the awesome byproducts of why we spend time in this space with the Lord. And so would you mind sharing on that? Yeah, I found this quote from Mother Teresa and I feel like Mother Teresa, I've never heard stories of her quiet time or like her space with God that she has made or me. I haven't. I'm sure that there's stuff out there, but I have always heard about the way that she treats people and the way that she invites people into the kingdom of God and the way she physically is caring for people. And so this quote kind of surprised me. It says, God speaks in the silence of the heart listening is the beginning of prayer. Mm. Um, and I, it just kind of reminded me of in order to be the Mother Teresa that we have in our minds, this selfless person that is physically caring for the needs of hundreds of thousands of people over the course of her lifetime, she has to prioritize this yeah. space of silence and solitude. She knows what it sounds like when God speaks to her because she has, over the course of her lifetime, made space to be silent and to listen. Yeah, yeah. And that's so significant. And I yeah. just, it was, it was a really beautiful, like, oh my goodness. But yeah. even just as we're like hearing these compelling reasons of like why we should care about this, mm-hmm. what are maybe some very clear starting hows of how we can start engaging in these practices. Yeah. So like I said earlier, this was a pretty difficult one for me to like (laughs) get a foothold into. And I think that's because I tried to go too big too quickly. I was like, I'm going to do a full day of silence away from people, which is awesome. And like, there's amazing benefits to that, but that's almost like a muscle that you work out and Mm. like build up to again, Not that the purpose is to get to spending a whole day, but um, there are benefits. And so my encouragement to anybody who this sounds interesting is to just start where you're at. So if, you know, this is difficult, start at just five minutes. So even, you know, set your phone on the other side of your room, set a timer for five minutes, 
and for those five minutes, spend them in silence and in solitude. And so I find it, you know, easy for me to close my eyes because that cuts out on distraction. Um, but there's actually been other times where in silence and solitude, like I'll pull up a chair that's empty and just imagine that Jesus, because he is present with me always, right, but that he's yeah. sitting there in the chair wow, with me that's awesome. so that as I'm, as I'm silent and alone, it's opening me up to be present with Jesus mm-hmm. who is there with me. And so again, silence and solitude are pretty intertwined, but they're Um, are ways that are pretty easy that we can get into it. So again, my biggest encouragement is to start where you're at, not where you necessarily want to be, (laughs) and like work your way up. So if it's just five minutes, that's amazing. And I think the the big encouragement that I've also had as I started to exercise in this practice and this habit is there's really no way to fail. Mm. Like I think we go into it like so determined to like do it correctly and it's like, I don't know if there is like a right or a wrong way to do it. Um, but a couple more just best practices, like if you're pursuing silence, like I would even say cut down, like don't have music playing, mm. like because all of that noise can just distract you, like literally just be silent and just welcome God into that space. And then if you're practicing solitude with it, like go try to find a place that's not going to get um where you're not going to be interrupted, where yeah. people are going to be walking in and stuff like that. So if it's a quiet place in your house or even like a park bench, like yeah. figure out where that is for you yeah. and how it works for you. Because ultimately this is about connecting with Jesus mm-hmm. and being present to him. Yeah. I have one more quote that I will read just fast, but uh, A.W. Tozer in his book, Pursuit of God, has a quote that says, the, the soul has eyes with which to see and ears with which to hear. Feeble they may be from long disuse, but by the life-giving touch of Christ alive, now incapable of sharpest and most sensitive hearing. Um, and just the like the beauty of, yes, these are muscles, like Jack was talking about, how we have to build up to really being able to hear and see. But whenever we activate them in Christ, they are sensitive to yeah. the voice of God. Um so yeah, that's our pitch for silence and solitude. We have fought for these things and we're still figuring them out. And so very much so. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, we are so thankful just to get to be sitting in these spaces of spiritual habits and reminding ourselves even the abundance of life that Jesus offers when we make the space to yeah. to practice them. Also, we have some resources on our website that you can go to, and the link for those will be in our show notes, which is just so fun that we have show notes. Um, But yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. You'll hear us next time. (laughs)